0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Ableton Music Producer Podcast. This is Dan Giffen. Today, I interviewed a new friend, Thomas Piper. He has worked with MTV. He's produced audio and video for Sesame Street. He has also worked with major artists like Public Enemy, pretty cool. Uh, Last Poets, many others. Today, we talk about his studio setup. We talk about a lot of random things, including his vocal chain for his live videos that he uses performing on The Push 2. We talk about things to consider before maybe an indie artist signs the label. A lot of stuff in here today. Uh, before we jump in, I wanted to let you know if you want to connect with me and a community of other experienced Ableton users and producers, I started a Discord community. So if you want to join that, I've got a bunch of channels set up on the left about mixing, mastering, Ableton hacks. Every week I'm posting new things I'm finding, tips and tricks, Max for live devices. So it's a good way to stay connected with me and in a community, and because Facebook only shows you the posts that Facebook wants to show you, I've found that the group has been limited. in some. Way So I'm going all in on Discord. If you want to join the community and connect with other Ableton users and grow new brain cells, go to liveproducersonline.com Discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Hit the button. You'll get a private link to this community. Love to see you in there. Join. Hope to see you soon. Get involved. Post in the community. Share your tracks. Blah, blah, blah. Also wanted to let you know today's episode is sponsored by our friends from Melodics. So Melodics is a desktop app you can download. I think it's a great way for people to grow their skills playing on MIDI controllers such as your MIDI piano keyboard or whether you have a push and you want to step up your finger drumming or maybe a launch pad. There's a lot of controllers that are easy plug and play, has a huge lesson variety of different genres to help you step up your skills playing and performing. So go to Melodics.com, M-E-L-O-D-I-C-S.com and then use the discount code. L P O 20. If you decide to take advantage of their subscription, you get 20% off, they have a free trial. So free trials are great. Check that out melodics.com. Also, if you haven't upgraded to live 11 yet, you are definitely missing out. And I would be happy to hook you up with a discount and you can just go to liveproducersonline.com buyableton slash buy Ableton, and you'll save some money. So that's if you want to purchase live 11 for the first time, if you're upgrading from 10, then you probably are better off going to ableton.com. Otherwise, I'm happy to hook you up. If you wanna also stay connected with new podcast episodes when they come out, so I'll be releasing podcasts, heads up, every Tuesday, sometimes every other Tuesday. So check back on Tuesdays. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit that follow button wherever you're listening to your podcasts. And I would super appreciate it. If you want to be the first to know when episodes come out and I'll send you more cool stuff, you join the newsletter, liveproducersonlinecom slash newsletter. That's enough promo. And now let's jump into today's episode with Thomas Piper. Prepping your own t-shirt. Is it laundry day?
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> rocking me today.
0: No, I do that all the time, man. I'm always wearing my own shirts when I am low on laundry. <laughs> but yeah, we were just talking about your studio gear and setup.
1: A sub 37, a matriarch. So I got two mogs here, a profit 08 that's over there. Uh, you can't Not really see it. Yeah, I love um, profit. Complete keyboard that's over there, which is kind of, they're both, I haven't really settled in on where to put them so I can reach to them. So I don't get a chance to use them like I, I well, the profit, I know what I'm using it for usually. Yeah. Um. And that's then great. I have a love that uh, 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 Apollo rack, Apollo that's there and then a Twin X that's here. And then under there, you can't see it either, but I have a um the um the satellite. Oh yeah, um, I got the satellite. The Thunderbolt.
0: 8 core. Yeah, I love that thing. Do you ever play with CV tools? Ableton CV tools?
1: You ever mess with those? Yeah, that's why I got the um the Twin X because my Apollo, I had the first generation Apollo rack. Okay. Right. So it's like a duo, nice. but it's like, you know, 16, uh, eight ins, eight outs, whatever. Yeah. So it doesn't do, you can't send CV out to it. Okay. But the Twin X, you can. Nice. So I bought the Twin X. I used to have an older twin. I sold a twin to get the Twin X so I could do the CV. So that's how I send CV out to, um, to the, the matriarch and to all that stuff. If I, you know, if I need to use CV tools or whatever. Right. And up. then um, what else do I have? Yeah, so that's it. And I got a real roads over here and a drum brood and yeah. a machine. Actually, your audio is going in to the machine right now. I'm using the machine as the audio interface.
0: Yeah. You, sounds like you got a great family there, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got cool, you know, cool little thing going on here.
0: <laughs> that's good time. Yeah. And that Apollo Twin is great for taking out on the streets and going on the road and stuff. Because I know I've seen several of your videos of you just out on a street corner with a PA and you're just jamming on the push too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I don't do it as much. I don't carry the Apollo anymore. So I just go out now. I just go auxiliary out from the computer. Nice. Um, but I, if I was doing, if I'm doing vocal looping, but I don't really, cause I'm usually just doing my songs. Yeah. And I find that if it's a loud place, the vocal looping is just records all the background noise. And- yeah. It's just weird. There's like slamming and behind you and yeah and, and that gets looped in it and i just i did it at first but so so once i didn't have to do the vocal looping i just brought i leave the apollo for if i'm doing some some real stuff and then i just when i do a show i just carry the computer and auxiliary jack and
0: yeah. yeah one
1: man. less expensive
0: thing to carry with you right on man yeah well for people who listening right now who don't know you give you a proper introduction real quick and then we can just nerd out some more and talk. But uh, yeah, for everybody listening, Mr. Thomas Piper, he's a Brooklyn based producer, vocalist, educator, push MIDI controller, wizard. He runs a, a, a music collective or label, I, I guess you would. would you uh, call yeah, it? I guess it's like a a label more of the people's Republic of sound. Yeah. People Republic of sounds. Uh, you've been a featured artist on Ableton's website documentary series Credits include working with MTV, Sesame Street, even uh, and artists like yeah, uh, The Last Poets, Public Enemy, super dope, big fan. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I I have to laugh because when I was reading like some of your credits, it was like MTV, Sesame Street, like two polar opposites. Like
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, you get called for or you get I love it sucked into things that are different, you know. So you you know, if it's cool, you. I did an Elmo remix once, just for fun,
0: for my nephew for Christmas. Yeah, he was obsessed with Elmo. It was like seriously kind of concerning. Wow. So I ended up, I just ended up writing a remix for him, so my sister wouldn't go insane hearing the normal Elmo song. And <laughs> he loved it. It was like, but it was like I put a bunch of Google images and spliced them together to a video that I made, and it it goes from like this bouncy house Elmo remix to like this gangster, super hard like Elmo rap. <laughs> Oh, wow! Probably cool. my best work. Yeah. If you want to forward that to Sesame Street, that'd be great.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're oh. cool. I, they, they're, they're cool. They, I did stuff for their um, web channel. It's called Sesame Studios. So and we actually shot the video, too. So it was all in one thing. So it was like music and video. Yeah. So we had a bunch of kids. And,
0: I saw it, man. It looked great. And, the, yeah. and you composed the music for all of it? Or did you collaborate with some other people?
1: No, no, no. I did everything. So, yeah, I did everything.
0: Catchy. The lyrics and everything that you wrote for that, like the words, everything. It was just really yeah. catchy. Yeah, it was it was great. It was great. Yeah,
1: I had a little help with just making sure it stayed in the educational realm because um, Terry, my manager, used to be an educator. <laughs> so so she was able to just kind of go, OK, does this work? So that was cool. And then we shot the video. Uh, I directed the video, too it was It was a cool, a cool endeavor, cool endeavor, well, yeah. I mean, yeah,
0: tell us a little bit about your musical background. Like, how did that lead you into the wonderful world of Ableton that you're
1: in now? How did I get into the music from where? Like, how far you want to go back? <laughs> as far back as you want to go, man. Like, I know mean, you're in Brooklyn. Did you grow up in Brooklyn? No, I grew up. I was born. I was born in well I was born in Manhattan, technically, but I guess I was born in Brooklyn, but i my parents moved to Long Island. Yeah. So, I grew up in Uniondale, Long Island. Right on. Um, so, it's a cool little neighborhood. It's like uh, mostly Caribbean neighborhood, like after, and you know, it's mixed too. It's got like, it's like white, but a lot of Caribbean. Yeah. Mostly, mostly like 70, 80% black, probably 70 And it's different now. Now it's mixed. It's like more, it's like black, Latino now. It changes. Yeah. But when I was growing up, most of my, my friends were like kids who were of, Caribbean descent, like Jamaican, uh, Trinidad, stuff like that. And in, and an African-American as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, so that, that, so that's where I grew up. Um, and I took, uh, piano lessons, that kind of thing. Um, I actually took piano lessons at first when I was in, in Brooklyn in the place Queens. So I was young, like three or something like that. And then, um, guitar lessons, a little bit drums for a while, I took drums for a while. And then I was in the school choir for all of junior high school and all of high school. Yeah, you have a great voice,
0: by the way. Thanks.
1: Yeah, right. so I, yeah that, that was cool. So I did that.
0: Nice, man. So you definitely had a musical family thing going up? Yeah, and then
1: professionally, because I'm in Long Island, I knew the Public Enemy people. So I knew like Hank Shockley and because they weren't too far from me. so um, But I was able to do like production. I didn't. This group son of berserks it never came out though album i was super young too um like really young
0: and then um great names still though i mean public enemy those those cats changed culture man they changed the hip-hop culture forever like
1: yeah i grew up in that whole like around the same neighborhood as them so i knew them um so it wasn't like too hard to run into them if you did music you know yeah it's cool because the neighborhood is not it's, it's it's not true it's like you know it's not not everybody's a creative like i live in brooklyn and like everybody's a creative but um especially now it's true and um you know public enemy was from like roosevelt but they had a studio at hempstead which is right next door um leader on buster rhymes is there yeah. and then you know um eddie murphy was still around here and there um because he grew up in roosevelt so that whole it was a lot there was a creative set but they they when you you know it's When you live in a suburb of New York, you got to, everybody would then leave and go to New York. Yeah. So a lot of people who you think are like New Yorkers or some, a lot of them are really like from Long Island or, you know what I mean? They grew up in the suburbs. Yeah. So, so yeah. So anyway, so I knew that. And then, so that's when I first started doing stuff. And I, you know, this was, it might be pre-DAW. This is definitely pre-DAW. So it's like, you know, hardware samplers, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. What was, like, some
0: of the samplers, like, before the doll that you were getting into?
1: I had... The first thing I had was a Roland S10. Nice. That was the first sampler. The first synth I had was a DX100, a Yamaha. Okay. I had a drum machine, an RX21. Nice. So those were the first... But then, like, the first professional thingy, really, because this... Roland... The S... The, um, the S950 was the first sampler. Cool. That, um... I thought that I, professional sample I had. The S10 was cool, but only could do like, I don't know, eight seconds. It was a rolling. It's professional, but man, we had to work really hard to get something on it.
0: Um, OG professional.
1: Yeah. Then I got the first professional synth I got to me. Well, the DX100 is professional, but man, it's hard, it was hard to do all that FM stuff. And then I got an SY77. That was cool. And then the S950 was really the thing I used a lot for a long time. And I had it hooked up to a Mac running Master Tracks, so I didn't have a I had I didn't have like an external I had a, a a Mac sequencer yeah um as as a sequencer, so that was like the old school setup S nine hundred and fifty Mac
0: yeah how and did so you get into Ableton like from that
1: point I I bounced around I had like Pro Tools, and then I had um, Logic Ableton, a friend of mine um my man randy he run, runs a studio and he, um six strings studio i think it's called and he was like i think it was him and he was like it's like able it's gotta be like able to two or three it was really early yeah <laughs> and and he gave me a a I guess the sample. He gave me the disc. I don't know how he got the disc. It was in a little envelope, a little yellow, um greenish envelope. This one Ableton was like green all the time, had the little green logo. Or arrangement view, wasn't it? Like back then. Yeah, it was early. Man, that's and, and so he gave me that. And he was like, he's like, yo, I think you would like this. It, it's like it, you you know what I mean? Cause you're always changing, I think you'd like this. It's the gateway. That's how yeah. So it. I was like, all right, cool. So He gave it to me and I put it on a computer and he wasn't even using it, which is the irony of it. Right. And I was like, Oh, this is crazy. So I could like, cause it, it, you know, I was doing time stretching and different things like using recycle, using all this other stuff, but this thing, it was like, Oh, I got it real quick. I was like, yeah, this is great. So I was doing all my sample things in Ableton. So I run, I would run logic for everything else. But if I had to make a track that had samples, I would use Lo- I would use Ableton or if I needed to move samples around. And then I would record everything into logic. So I would, I would either bounce it or I would rewire or whatever like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then so I was using it for a while. And then eventually one day I just was getting tired of going to logic and bouncing and kind of files moving around. You might misplace a file, or you know, or if you switch computers, you'd have to make sure you had both. You know, both, and it was a mess. So I said, I'm just going to stay in Ableton. I'll just stay here. You know what I mean? I'll do everything here. Yeah. I don't know when, what version that was. Maybe eight.
0: Okay. That's when I got in. Yeah. It was an eight back in the day at spot, actually. I lived in, uh, down the street from you probably for like a year. Yeah. I spent a lot of. Fair amount of time. All my friends lived in Brooklyn, but I lived in Manhattan, down the street from Dub Spot, which I don't know. Did you ever go there? Did you ever do anything?
1: There? I uh, who used to run it. I used to run into a couple of people from there.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it was a cool spot. I knew people hung out. Um, I knew Hank used to go there. So I would, every once in a while I hang out with Hank Shockley there. Go there, but um, yeah. So that I think it was like eight, eight or nine, or I, you know, I was using it. Yeah, but I wasn't using it for everything. And the eight or nine, I was just like, I'm using it for everything. I'm not leaving. You know, I'm just gonna stay. And um, and I would probably, and then I would rewire Reason, and um, yeah, and that, and then from there on in, I've been mainly Ableton, and you know, nothing else. I mean, I still have Logic on the computer. Um, I use Reason a lot more now because it's inside the um. You could use it as a VST AU. Yeah. So I use. I, so I'm back to Reason again. Um, but in Ableton. Right on. And then, uh, and then over the years I started knowing people at Ableton too. Right on. Yeah, it's a great kind com- of
0: great company, man. And uh yeah, I yeah, yeah. the video that you were featured in their documentary series and like you're a madman on the push too. Like it was great yeah. Yeah, tear that up, man. It was really really fun to see you doing some of your performances and stuff. I was uh I was trolling you on YouTube earlier. But yeah, I mean, you you do a Friday series called Beat Design which yeah. is every you just make up something on the spot every Friday and then you just live stream it out for the world. And,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, most of the time it comes out good. Sometimes it's like, eh. but, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like this week, this week's was really good. This week was great. There's one episode 141 or something. It is yeah. that at these you know, um, sometimes I'll do them back to back. So I might do two. So I might do like, if I'm in the studio and I feel like, and we're on a roll, like, Ooh, that one came out great. Let's make, let's do something else. so we'll do two so i actually had back to back so i I just separated the two so these next this one and the next one are are actually really good very disco-y anderson packy kind of born on floor thingies oh then back yeah so but yeah so i've been doing beat design for a minute for a minute for a minute for a minute yeah a couple of years i think
0: it shows man for sure did you mess with the push one or did you just yeah
1: if you look at my early beat designs it's, it's push one okay
0: right on and yeah, then um, two different controllers in my mind really
1: yeah i mean they feel different yeah um i don't remember push one anymore <laughs> because i got push one right away and then i was there for the able to able to have like an unveiling for push two yeah like before like a you know they have like you know a little unveiling like a group of people they unveil it to a little ahead of time so i saw push two ahead yeah. so i had pushed too early too but by that point so but by that point they knew cuz i i think my early beat designs were push one cuz i was the whole grid thing i was already kind of into i was already like first it was the apc then i and um then i was running then i was going to buy monom to do like mlr then i then i had launchpad that i used mlr with this kind of hack thingy mm. yeah. like when i'm traveling Right before the pandemic, I went to see my parents because they're they in Trinidad. I carry a launch pad on carry to push, yeah. you know, because it's just smaller. So I have the new I have the new launch pad pro and I have the old launch pad. Pro. Right on. And then um, and, and so, yeah, so I'm into the grid thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for these beat
0: design videos you do every Friday, what does your process look like as far as setting up like your Ableton template before you just go and start improvising on the spot?
1: Uh, I try to keep it simple and I, and I keep it like genre specific, like maybe like episode one forty of this month or one thirty nine or whatever. It was more like a a Brooklyn drill thing because I'm mean, I'm in Bed Stuy, so I hear that all the time out here. Mm. Uh, the The record that's kind of inspired all that Brooklyn drill stuff is Gun Lean, which is a record from England. Like Gun Lean, man, Gun Lean, boom, da, 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 boom. that's actually nice. It's a, it's the record that they kind of copied. Yeah. So like I so I might have a template for that. So like so what I'll do is I have a drum kit with the snare, the right kicks and snares that sound like that. A 808. Do you build drum racks around these genres? I usually have drum racks already set up for what I'm doing. So I got like a trap drum rack. Oh. I have like I, I used to sell this thing called Trap Pack too, where I had trap sounds. So I have all my trap sounds there. I have certain sounds like a soul sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, for this album, I'm doing a lot. Like this next album's coming. I have like I'm doing a lot of like '70s kind of records. Nice. So it's got like this kind of '70s singer songwriter thing. So I have sounds for that. Cool. And um, when I do the beat design, I'll have maybe six sounds there. Um, a drum rack, and then like a bass sound, usually like a sub lab 808. Nice. Um, if it's like something like a drill thing some keyboard thingy, like a pluck or piano, you know, some yeah. spacey sound, stuff like that. If it's like this episode that I did 141, it was more disco. So it had like some live sounding drums. Those are more like some contact drum library thing, like a, from, you know, from complete, I have like complete ultimate or whatever. So I have like a live drum set. It's, you know, 70s drum set, 60s drum set, whatever. Tune the drums to kind of sound like, you know, whatever they used in the 70s. Then I'll have like a bass line, a bass sound. Cause this, this one's more acoustic. So I'm gonna have like an acoustic bass,
0: I oh. have a Rhodes. What bass did you use in your recent one? Cause that sounded thick. That was nice. It's just
1: in, a, you know, one of those acoustic basses from like complete. But then you go in there and then you, but the beauty of it is, and then you EQ everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you go in there and then you just, you know, you do your research, you travel, you figure out, okay, this is, this record is. I want this sound. It kind of sounds like, especially with those records, there's enough information that you could be like, okay, they use 1176. Okay, they recorded it on a studio. Okay, they use, you know what I mean? You just follow their path mm-hmm. down. Yeah. And then, and so you get it to sound the way, there's tons of bass sounds that sound good they usually just dry and sound like shit in the machine. But then when you play them, process them a little bit, once you, you know, you follow the, path mm-hmm. uh, there's so much resources like you know you go on old mix magazines on the internet especially for the old stuff you know what i mean you can you can get your stuff disclosures website i they have some nice baselines because they're doing that kind of disco 70 thing too yeah. but then they thump it up with extra kicks and snares and stuff like that mm-hmm. so um yeah so I'll, i i watch their things every once in a while and see what they're doing Okay. so I go in and so, so when I'm recording I'm just concerned about chord structure you know melody get something that sounds good yeah. you know and just and try to do you know and just play
0: yeah you can tell you have fun when you're playing like too like I think that's important just like feeling the energy and the vibe like yeah. you're doing like you really get in it um, and like that's a good walkthrough as far as like your, your processing with like your sound design stuff what's up everybody just wanted to take this time to give you a quick reminder to check out melodics.com that desktop app i keep talking about it's definitely worth it there's a free trial but it's a great way to just improve your finger drumming or playing scales or you can also plug in your electric drum kit which i've done it's kind of fun and you can just practice playing drums that way so it's like a better version of guitar hero it's a fun way to practice go to melodics.com also use the discount code lpo-20 save that 20% because we love to save that money also wanted to give you a quick reminder if you want to join me and hang out with a community of other ableton users grow new brain cells and you have questions maybe you need some support or just want to find out what's the best way to do x y and z join the community in discord go to liveproducersonline.com discord you'll get a private link to join the community And I would love to see you in there live producers, online.com slash discord. And now back to today's podcast. I'd love to, to get to know, and I'm sure people listening right now would love to get to know kind of your process with the performing aspect of the push too. So it was like, like how you go about with like your looping on the push. And obviously it'd be perfect if we could see, if everybody could see like how you're doing on the push, like a proper webinar, but this is a podcast. So I may mean, be to the best that you can explain kind of what you're doing while you're performing with the- I buddy. mean, it,
1: well, it, it's real simple. I mean, I'm not going too crazy. The hardest thing is just playing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then the, what sounds you want to use. And then because it's video, it's not a live stream. I don't have to worry about all of that's being recorded. So usually I would hit the record button and then just loop and go. So it just gets recorded straight. And then, um, so after I, re- I would, yeah, record it. Leave it going straight and just loop, loop, loop. I'd probably have the loop set to a certain bar, but I would change them as I'm going on. So sometimes you'll see me, I'll just change it. If it's a drum loop, maybe I'll just go two bars, four bars, whatever. Really simple. The key is just knowing what you want to put together, right? Because the looping part is it's already set up to loop. I mean, it's just there. That's kind of how I make a beat, too. So Mm -hmm. I just loop a beat, and and then, you know, if I get a, a song idea right then and there, and then I just Get the vocals. I'm right there. I run to the vocals. I, I I get the vocal down.
0: What I tell some of my students too a lot is to just be able to have a good library of your presets and sounds already saved, so that when you do feel inspired, like when you're jumping on that push, like everything's ready to go. You yeah. Know, when yeah, I yeah, I mean, sometimes
1: it depends on your mood too. Like sometimes I may have something in my head already. So like like, like for instance, this album that I'm doing now. For that's coming out later on i know the vibe of the album i know what sounds i'm going to use it's very acoustic sounding it's going to be you know what i mean where's this there's permission to live the album that's out now there was more experimentation with sounds here and there it had some things that had soul like that i knew and then there was some things like i aim higher where it was just like let me go through these contact sounds and see what hits me eh, no eh, no eh, no eh. no i just went through oh once i had that then it was like okay what drums might go to this boom so it depends, you know, if I'm doing an R&B record and it's like a soul record, I may know, okay, I'm using a Rhodes or I'm using that. So I have my favorites. Click, click, click. I go through that. Then the key to me is more about, okay, well, what's the chord progression? What's the song? Like, you know what I mean? Like the beat design It's more like, okay, I have to have all these things. Nobody wants to see me go through sounds. Yeah. Just nope, nope, nope. But I, but I still want to be able to, um, I still want to be able to have a little leeway. So that's where a pia- piano sound might work better. Where, you know, you could do, with a piano, you may be able to do different genres if you wanted to. Roads, you, you can't lose with the roads. You know it's going to be like, right. this is what's going to work. A, a guitar sound, that's, you know, that might work. You know, simple simple drums. Um, electronic music, trap is easy, right? It's just like, okay, you, need, you just need something to go boom, boom, boom. Something that kind of has that kind of rhythmic triplet thing going on at the top. Yeah, eight away to the bottom. Kick snare. I feel like the push is
0: like gold for people who make trap music with hi hats because you can just hold down the repeat button and then.
1: Yeah, that's it. Reminds me of a, a, a NPC where you just. I used to have one of those too. You have an NPC, you could just do repeats. Yeah. And stuff like that, but I think the the strength of the, the push to me is still more the. I think is the melodic part, the harmonic, really the harmonic part. I mean that's the strength. So that's that's the that's the secret sauce to me. There's other machines that are better for beats. I think machine is better for beats, but overall the push does all of those things better. Uh, good. Like, right. So it's, yeah, piano's really good, but it's big. Right. So that, that's one of the problems, but it's great at doing, especially melody lines, right. The push can do that. Machine is great. It's got those big pads, right. But that's, it's another device. It's not really good at melodic things. Yeah. It's horrible and harmonic things like chords and stuff like that. And with the push too,
0: you can lock it into scale for people who don't have a lot of music theory. It's really easy to play in key,
1: right? You can play in key. Well, you could do that with other things too. Yeah. Um. But um. It just,
0: level is it, the push, right?
1: Well, you know what? The, because the push is essentially a three or four octave keyboard. That that's the key. That's what attracted me to the push. I mean, and some other things. I mean, the way that the push is set up in in fourths. Yeah. So because it's Set up in force. It's a lot like, like, um, what's his name? Like Stanley Jordan kind of thing. Um, or yeah, I think Stanley Jordan, the guitarist. But yeah, but he does the hammer on thing, right? So his guitar is, is tuned in force. And because it's tuned in force, it allows him to just hammer on. He learns shapes. So, you know, so it's easy for him to, yeah. to, um, to do chords on his guitar without having to really strum because things will just, line up, and this works is essentially the same. Mm-hmm. So that's the strength of the push harmonically. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's what makes the push better than everything else. It's like, you know, especially when you're in chromatic mode. I don't use the other mode at all, but and maybe because I do a lot of jazz, so I might, I might, so I might do a little like a that's like a, a scale, right? Yeah. It, it essentially would be out of the key here. This yeah. note would be out of key. So if I put it in key, I would lose that note. Uh, so yeah. I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to do that if I kept it in key. Right. Or, you know, or songs where you, like, you know, like you couldn't play a Stevie wonder song on the push. If it was in key. No. Nah. <laughs> because he, he goes out of key all the time. Like right? He he does, you know, modulations and all sorts of stuff and yeah. modal interchange and all sorts of the shit. So, it's no wrong notes in jazz, right? Just well, they, they know how to go out, they know how to go out. They, they, yeah. it's like classical music, they know when to go out. There's, there's a lot of modal interchange where you're going out with relatives of, of other, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you, you know, okay, this chord can go out after I play this chord. So, because those guys are most of those jazz musicians, especially bebop dudes, they're trained. You know what I mean? Like Miles Davis is like, you know, Juilliard, you know, like. Level, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, So those guys, they know. So so you can go out of mm-hmm. key, but it well, it's not out of key. Yeah, if That makes sense. Right. But it's also a great way to learn theory because right. yes, because you understand things. Right. So like unlike a piano, the muscle memory is a little less for certain things. The tuning of the, the push being in force, mm-hmm. you see it. Mm-hmm. You don't see it on a piano. Uh, most electronic musicians, they have two instruments in front of them. They've got a 16-pad thing and a piano. Mm-hmm. So when they try to learn music theory, they get frustrated because uh, a piano takes a lot of muscle memory to learn everything. Mm-hmm. Um it takes a lot of muscle memory to learn a scale.
0: Makes sense. You yeah.
1: know? Uh, the push, you learn to scale one time. How many notes? Twelve notes. Twelve times.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You, you know what I'm saying? So you learn to push, scale one time. Yeah. That's it. And then you just move it. Whereas on a piano, you learn to scale. You've got a muscle memory to scale. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be like, and then you've got to physically know where it is. So when you want to yeah. improvise and jump into different things, it's way harder. The push is different. That's the beauty of the push that a lot of people don't see. Yeah. That is the, that's the only reason why I use a push. It's replaced my piano. It's like, I don't use a piano.
0: Yeah. No, right? Beautiful keyboard in front of me. And I still use this push more than I do that for notes.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I don't use a piano at all, at all. I use the only one, the only piano sometimes I use is the sub 37 just because I want to turn the knob is already there. So I do it. out of laziness. But um, so, yeah, so that's, so that's the thing that I use. So, I mean, it takes a little practice, but. And you you can
0: use like the chord MIDI effect if you want to hack it too, you know, just hit one or two. Knob. Right.
1: The technology is actually in your favor with a device like the push. Mm-hmm. I'm a big push fan for the plane, I really am, and then, you right. know one day I might do a whole thing like a whole class, but I'm so busy trying to knock out this stuff. but
0: well, another part of your music, obviously is vocals, like you're right. list and you do a lot of cool vocals and layering and process. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, like what does your vocal chain look like as far as when you're recording into an Apollo twin
1: most of the time, right? Yes, I used to, but I don't know if you can see the setup here, but yeah. it's just so hard to unplug all this crap. <laughs> yeah, because the Mac Pro is hooked up to the thing, and the Apollo's hooked up to the display, and blah, 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 blah. so yeah. So what I do is, so I use the machine. the Apollo was better though. Apollo was better because the Apollo has low latency Pre-amp, monitoring. Yeah. You know, so, so nice. Yeah, but here's the thing about the preamps. Here's the thing. I'm still using a shore fifty, you
0: know, whatever this is, fifty eight SM fifty eight. Yeah yeah
1: it's like eh. it's, it's like eh. you know the music is playing in the background it's, it's like great you got the preamp and it sounds great if you're like but the reality is by the time it gets processed anyway it doesn't really or matter
0: like thinking like well you know he's not using that like 610b today like you know he part-
1: yeah and for me like i'm my my main mic i have a the slate digital mic
0: Oh nice. you like that? I've seen a lot of reviews.
1: Yeah, 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 it's great. It's great. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, cuz it's just modeling all these different microphones that you can choose in the software, right? But it's just
1: the pre-choices are relevant at this point, right? Because you don't and then you just virtual your pre. That's why. And you just saturate to taste, right? And you check and you go through to taste and and certain mic models, they sound like a U60 U47 in real life is a little a little dark. But when you EQ it in real life, it sounds freaking amazing, right? Um, it's the same thing. If I'm going to do that, that will be going through the Apollo. That'll be going through high-end stuff. But this is like the show, and the reality of the show is most venues sound like crap. <laughs> um, I used to have an SM7, and uh, I'm actually going to bring that back in, so I might bring that back in. Nice. And then there I might be a little more thing into that. But, um, yeah, so I just go into the, with the machine.
0: Okay. Then after that, the, do you have like a set chain that you normally use? Like-
1: no, because while I'm, while I'm recording it, it's just straight, no nothing. And then when it's time to mix it. So remember, I'm just recording. It's like, I'm just recording right. it all straight. No EQs, no nothing, none of that. I'm, I'm more concerned about making sure. Because two things, you know, I'm recording it for video. So anything that I put on there, if anything glitches, when I have to play it back, because I'm recording it, it the, the computer's not going to play it back with any time glitch. If I'm doing it live, I may get a time glitch, right? Because you I every mean, once in a while you might get like like a little it's something if you add a plugin or you add
0: it. Yeah, so, your computer's not real stable, and you're running all these. Right,
1: issues. I mean, it's computers it hasn't happened often. It's happened once or twice. Right, where they don't line up, right? So yeah, it's I, a lot of plugins
0: that can definitely happen with other. Right, so
1: I keep all the plugins to a minimum on this end, so that the The sync between the video and Ableton is fine, right? And then so that whole thing is recorded.
0: Yeah. So after it's
1: recorded, like then I go in and I go, okay, I might have to clean up background noise, so that's one thing I'll do. Mm -hmm. And then it's just the basic. I have like a um the uh, you know the Slate Virtual Rack thingy. Okay. It's probably a little lazy, but that's basic. Yeah, but that's probably that's that's mainly it. For vocals for me like it's usually that yeah. uh, the 1176 the la2a of the LA-2A. you know the same things that everybody's used for centuries it seems like right um a neve mic pre maybe the, the if it's really bad the fab or the infinity um yeah. if i got some issues and then reverbs um i have the uh uad actually i use three uads i, I go through all three uh, the le- One of the lexicon. I love the lexicon.
0: Yeah. I know what
1: you're the, talking um The EMT, depending yeah. on how. And the awesome. capital the capital chambers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That lexicon's nice.
1: Yeah. The lexicon's nice. The capital chambers is really good if you're doing so R&B. Okay. Because it's not so digital sounding. Yeah. It's got that warm. Yeah. It sounds like a chamber more. It actually is pretty good. So I tend to use that one. So, like, if I was over a trap thingy, you might hear more of the lexicon, the EMT, cool. you know, that, that kind of vibe. So, yeah. so that, that's the chain. Real simple. I may not be able to compress as much because sometimes it has so much background noise because sometimes I'm turning up the back. I mean, I try to be conscious of it. So, you know, you might see me while I'm rec- recording and then I reach to turn down the volume when it's time to do the vocals. Yeah. You know, because I have one vocal came out horrible. But, you know, that's that's the chain. It's real simple.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't win them all. But, I mean, most of your videos, they sound awesome, man. All the ones I've heard, they're great.
1: Yeah, they they sound okay sometimes. I mean, the early on, we used to just record straight. The early videos are literally straight to a recorder. The first (laughs) 60, 70 videos. Those were Apollo. So it was coming from the Apollo straight into a little Tascam recorder that we use for video. So that was like improv to the hilt. (laughs) <laughs>
0: it's like what you get is what you get that's it
1: yeah yeah no mixing even it's yeah. just a two track
0: sometimes that rawness is nice though you know I feel like yeah. so, much, so much shit is just overproduced a lot like it, you know what I mean and I, I'm not saying that would be the preferred method for the future obviously
1: but uh, you know what it is about that realness like but here's the problem with that for live it's that your levels If anything is wrong with your levels, it's there. Like you know what I mean. And it's like, and there were many videos where it was like, man, I wish this drum was bumping, or man, this drum is too low. Oh, because
0: you got to do the prep work in advance to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, but it
1: doesn't work that way. It always seems like it's going to work that way, especially with the live drums where you're kind of playing and your dynamic might change. Yeah, that's true. Or your or or you might have too many vocals you start getting thing and your vocals got big and now you wish it could sit a different way you know you, you you can't change that you know what i mean and a lot of times it was straight improv sometimes you know you're in a rush i just was like this sound this sound this sound this sound this sound. let's see what happens and and so they didn't match or anything and and you and i would change the sounds and um you can't see but on on the other side there's a Pair like big JBL, um you know, sh- live monitors. Yeah, I have two JBLs sitting up here too. Might be the same. Yeah, yeah, I have the big, you know, the I don't know what they're called. The um,
0: I have. I think those these are like the uh Ions or Eons or something.
1: Like yeah, mine. I think mine's are Eons. They like they're like black. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, so like fifteen inches. Yeah, something like that. So they're they're on the other side facing me, right? So that's how I hear. Actually, that's how I'm hearing you too, because I'm not coming out through the oh, getting, like, all old
0: PA. Blasted Dan, right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're. That's why when you said when I got up and you was like where, where are you going? I was like, oh, that turned this shit. It's, down. Like, it's
0: like this is God's figure. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So they sometimes they're a little weird to to balance. Especially, I've gotten used to the Yamahas, and um, I have a pair of um, Adams over there too that I, I have to figure out how to set up in here. Because I just got the focals. Is it
0: HS8s so or?
1: HS8s and then the focal, which is, I use the focal more than HS8. I mean, HS has two subs here. So I, I, you know, but the focals, they're kind of good because you could actually, you don't really need a sub. Bro, we have the same setup. I have two focals
0: right now as well. I <laughs> yeah. love the focals.
1: <laughs> yeah, the focals are cool. And then I have the A7Xs that are over there that I'm going to try to set up. I just haven't figured out how. And I have the sub, the matching sub for the A7X. That, Adam, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: audio. They're a sponsor for the podcast. It's great.
1: Yeah, I have the A7X. So I actually have to, um, the, I took them down because I, I must have blew the, the sub. It's been bumping pretty hard. No, I have the, um, I figured out what it was. I have this ARC, the IK Multimedia thingy mm. that does the room correction. Oh. So what it does, so what happens, I guess, in this room the the room is, is not flat right so and in the low end what happens is it's turning down the, the sub is the base is low so the, the ik multimedia is kicking up the sub oh so you just really overcompensated that sub and it's just... well i didn't overcompensate it did oh yeah it did yeah yeah right guess... so so it, it so you could so so the sub is working <laughs> but it doesn't feel loud and you're just like more and the <laughs> Well, soft. not. it's just it's working not. harder than you would think it's working right yeah, yeah. so your tops are like no problem your tops are like hey this is easy but the sub is like it's right sweat and because remember the room is sucking up the bass yeah so the room seems flat mm-hmm. right so to me it's not booming because in the sweet spot it's yeah, perfect. good. Yeah, right. So yeah. the sub is working hard. So when you, if you get to a level where it would be right normally good, the sub is just working like crazy. And I figured that out. I was like, oh, it's this stupid thing. So um, so it blew the sub.
0: Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, so
1: I have to replace the sub. So I, so that, so once I replace it, I'll oh, get it fixed. Whatever it costs to fix it. Yeah. And I just can't listen to the A7X without the sub. They're little. They're bright. So.
0: Man, Adam, stuff. Adams makes some really good, like high-end monitors. Like they make some really good stuff.
1: No, they're great. I mean, that whole system cost me like three grand, yeah. but it's just, and they're they're accurate. They're a little forward though, but they're accurate. It's it's a it's a quiet taste, but it, it's it's it it, 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 it it
0: I'd rather have honest speakers than I would just speakers that always kind of sound good like yeah i I mean for what i do like mixing i want it to be tell me if something's weird or not
1: yeah but even even for flat like okay after you put the room correction the atoms still have a forward thing Mm. so it's still flat but they all sound different like so after they're corrected they still like the atoms are a little forward.
0: Yeah. I've had that same thing with, after I had my room treated by Dennis Foley, who's like a brilliant guy. He's worked with like Capitol Records and other right. treatment, And he built these uh, acoustic diaphragmatic absorbers. I think they're called, like I noticed the bass popped out a lot more when I got them, but it's still like the mid range. I feel like is really in my face. And I feel like the sub sometimes gets tucked away a little bit after it's been treated, but those are just the monitors.
1: Yeah. I they're all different, right? So I think it's
0: good to know your monitor no matter who you are. I think it just Yeah,
1: I still end up in the car. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, Hard you know, five thousand dollars of monitors or six much monitors, and I still end up in the car thinking. like, here you go, that's what it is. That sounds good, that sounds bad. This sounds good, it sounds that's bad. So okay. True.
0: I think Sony records, don't they have like a car on uh cinder blocks in like the basement? of the studio or something just for the engineers to go down and test it in the car.
1: I don't know why the car is is the reality check of all reality checks. It's like,
0: it's like the final moment of truth in every engineer's life when they go. to me.
1: Like, yeah. And not even that, like now for me, I actually almost only listen to music in my car. Like, unless I'm out and and about, right. Which doesn't happen as much with this COVID stuff, but like the car is my preferred place to listen to. Yeah. I have a, I have a Toyota Prius with a, with a nice JBL system. It was like, it has a sub. It actually rocks. And it's like, you know, you can listen to your mix and know, Oh, the subs too loud. All oh, the things too loud.
0: I'm just imagining this Prius rolling through Brooklyn with like this huge, like sub speaker, just bumping. Like- no, it's
1: not, it's not crazy, but it's, it's like this factory system, but it was like, the factory system upgrade. So it was like the upgrade, right? Yeah. So, it's, so it's still tuned properly, yeah. right? But it has a sub and you know it has a sub and you can hear where everything is. Like you, the minute you get in there, you play something, especially the low end, because I don't have too much problem with the high end and the mids. I mean, I have to work the mids because you know you always got to be careful with your mids. Sure. Right? Once you get the mids right, everything else... Doesn't really matter, but still the sub, you know. Okay, this is this is popping. It it yeah. works, and it's yeah. so much easier. I mean, these monitors have gotten better. The room, and I haven't gotten the room treated yet because I still have video stuff to do in the room. Mm-hmm. So it, it it does a double duty. Yeah. So it's like you know I like it white, so I get as much light in here. Yeah. So that I could you well, know I don't have to always in the daytime I don't need lights. You know I don't have to light the room. I could just use natural light.
0: Yeah, I prefer just to be in a dark cave pretty much most of the time, just in my little studio corner.
1: Yeah, I can't do that cuz we do video stuff. Sometimes I have like I have a green That's screen true. for stuff that we're doing green screen. Yeah. So I can literally light it. I can light something with natural light in here. That's nice. It was a whole time I all I was doing was going to studios. I had I had a publishing deal with Universal. All I was doing was going to studios. And they were all dark. (laughs) I didn't know what time it was. You'd come in the day, it'd be dark. You'd leave in the night, it'd be light.
0: Yeah, it smells like cigarettes and coffee.
1: I just, you know, and I would go to these graphic designers places. And this is like the 2000s, maybe. And it would be so bright in there. It'd have like, it just looks so nice. a Bouzier type shit, like modern, you know, 50s, 60s. Um, and they'd have that kind of vibe going in there and be bright. And I'd be like, man, listen, this studio, shit, this studio looks like a dungeon. It stinks. I hate these places. So when it came to do my place, I wanted my place to be like brighter yeah. and have a vibe and have plants. And- I love plants, man. Yeah, I've got I plants at my can. window. You can't see it, but I have plants in the window. And- I have plants, yeah. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff here. My girl usually picks them up. Have you named your plants? The only one I have is the money tree name. It's called root beer because you got to put ice in it. <laughs> so so that's where instead of putting it's water, one. you put ice in it. So it's I call it. it root beer. That's the a only one name. that has a name. It was the first plant, too. So the first plant got a name. It's called root beer. It's been here for like three, four years, four or five years.
0: It's the first one. You got that sentimental value. Yeah,
1: yeah, the first one got a name. First one was like root beer. It's got it because you put ice in it. I was like, oh, we call it root beer. Okay. so so yeah so that one has one um has it's a money tree too right on that's the one i that's my baby that's the one i like i mean i i, I take care of them all but i love them a bit
0: i like to think that my plants can hear me talk to them sometimes like sometimes i do
1: i just like the fact that they're there and they're giving some air and it's just like I'm just alive it's happy. yeah and you're not in the studio you know it was cute when i was a kid and you know And you walked in as the SSL and all the vintage shit. And you're like, yeah. And then after a while, it was just like, so? (laughs) Like, so? (laughs) Like, especially with the door thing where the stuff that you were doing at home was coming out better than the stuff you were doing in the studio. Because you only had so much time there. Yeah. And it just was like, and I had too many. It's expensive um, to rent big studios like that now. Yeah, but also you go to the studio and the vibe would change. So and and, you know, you go in the studio, you make the record at home, right? Record company call you to do something, or you knew somebody, you're gonna record and come going home. And then you come in the studio, and then the record's not the same record anymore. Mm. There were a couple of instances where it was better, but a lot of times that specialness that was in what they used to call the demo, Mm. which doesn't exist anymore, thank God, (laughs) was there. So I I was an early DAW. Pro Tools, stay home, yeah. do as much as I can, give an engineer as much as I gave them with levels and all that stuff, guy. You know what I mean? Because once it got, and then, once it got to the studio, it would change. And, and that has to do, and, you know, because it just became this thing. So you leave the studio and then you get to your car and you're like, what is this crap? Why does this thing sound so bad? Yeah. And, and it just was, I think a lot of times about Now, some people love the studio. I think for them, it's great. They, they, they could work in a, a recording studio. I mean, I haven't stepped foot in a studio because there's no need to. I think exactly.
0: Like for somebody like you and me, we know how to produce on our own. But I think for musicians, somebody's just a guitarist, you know. How oh, many- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They're going to need to make sense. Place.
0: Yeah, for them. Or oh, yeah. if
1: you're doing film, I think, and you've got an orchestra, or a big band and you need right. a certain sound. You know, or even, you know, certain rock bands, depending on what they have. I mean, you know, I see these guys in Nashville. They got everything in their crib, but, um, you know, they got like, you know, <laughs> you know, vintage everything. It's, it's my like, living
0: room with my SSLs. Like-
1: then they got APIs and I mean, they got real shit. I see some shit, that, you know, yeah. that, you know, motherfuckers have in a house. Yeah. And you're like, well, wow, you could do fucking fucking Neil Young record in a motherfucker. Yeah. Um. And they got everything. So even then, they're like, hey, I just go on Vintage Kid and I just buy all the stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what they do. Well, I think that's like
0: a good segue into talking about one thing I saw on the Ableton blog when they were featuring you as an artist. They asked a couple questions that I would love for you to answer again. What does it mean to be an independent musician today? Because you were talking about like being in video and being a producer and being an engineer you know, I feel like a lot of artists have to wear a lot of hats today. What was, What is your answer to that as far as being an independent musician today? Like, do you have to wear a lot of hats? What does that look
1: like to be successful? When I did the Ableton thing, I would have one answer. This, the answers changed not because of the music part. I was already pretty much a self-contained production facility, even when I was in the music business, right? So some of the problem was maybe more of the stuff should have been in-house right it's not for everybody but the thing that makes it a little tough is the business end we're we're a two-person team it's me and and, and terry and we have to do marketing we have to do like this record we might have spent you know a couple of thousand dollars on marketing. yeah we hire a publicist for certain things if when you're on a record label you don't do that Right. So I've been in both. I've been, I had a publishing deal. I've had a records out. I've been on the road through a label, all that. I've been on a, I've been, on, I did a Mel LaRue where they were an independent group. So they, she used to be in this band, used a thing called Groove Theory. And now she does, she had her own thing, right? They start their own label. So I've been, I've worked for someone who actually was indie. So, and then I've done indie myself. The big difference with a record company and indie is that a record company You get your, you get a loan at the beginning. So if you're not careful, you don't know where your money, what your money is. So there's this idea that you're going to always get money, but you're not really making money. You're really getting a loan that you've got to pay back. And so what happens to most musicians is like, and it happened to me a little bit too, is like, after that is done, you have no money. Because you're always thinking, you're always kind of outstretching for more. Whereas when you're indie, you're always spending money. Right. So when you make money, you're like, ooh, what am I going to do with this money? Because, you know, if I blow this money, I've got to spend more money to get more money. When you get $500, $1,000, you are way more responsible with that money because you know that you spent blah, blah, blah. And the reality, like this album that we've done, we've we've spent more money. We'll use an Internet analogy. Our runway. You need you, you need some runway so and i think that's the thing that a lot of us don't know like i so like i've been reading this book um unfair advantage is called and you've got to figure out your unfair advantages to kind of be successful or whatever mm-hmm. it's a really good book actually
0: yeah that sounds like a good book
1: yeah it's called the the i think it's the unfair advantage or unfair advantage specifically
0: about music or is it just about no
1: it's more like it's more about business because that's the thing yeah you realize that when, when you're a label, you kind of more about, well, I'm going to make this record and this record's going to be worse. And you're kind of fighting the label for, well, I think this song should work. And, and when you're indie, you're looking at it like, okay, this song, is this song working? <laughs> yeah. and, you're, and, you, and you look at your metrics and you're going to do the same thing a label does. And you're going, well, maybe we should push this song because this song is okay. It was the same thing that the label was doing to, to you, mm-hmm. you do to yourself.
0: Yeah. I because, think there's a lot of a huge attraction to labels uh, from independent artists because of the marketing power. You know, like for me, I look at myself as an independent musician and it's like, it takes so much time, like, you know. Right. Um, post on social media to grow like a fan base to like. No, you really got to become uh, content all you the You can't do it yourself.
1: can't do it yourself. You can't do it yourself. You do so it yourself. I mean, you can, you can do it yourself, but oh. th- it helps to have a team. Yeah. Helps have a team, even if it's just two other people, one other person. And then, and then, but you'll know, though, at first I didn't feel I needed a team. Now it's like, oh, I need Terry needed to jump in. Now it's like, oh, I think we need a publicist. Oh, I think we need this. Yeah. You know? So, you know, you do all this work and you've got like, you know, 40,000 plays and you're like, oh. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, you know, you you know, so you've got to really, you know, and you're trying and you do your math and it's like, oh I got to, I've got to move to zero three, which means, man, I got to get like a million plays to make some money. If it's just plays, because especially now you're not doing shows or, or you get your Google AdSense from your videos. Mm-hmm. So those are the things I think the difference is the for me, the big difference is, oh, money's coming later and you've got to spend money and you've got to be consistent on that. And you've got to it's not just doing the music. So hopefully you're good enough with the music that you can do the music, move on and you spend all this energy facebook did an automate you know my instagram is automated a studio you know things like that so that you know you know beat designs are being done ahead so that we're not you know usually i would just do my beat design on friday same day knock it out came out crappy who cares but now i can't even do that either like okay beat design has to be done ahead of time this has to be done at a time yeah. i'm already working on the next record that has to be done ready uh Video has to be prepped and planned. You can't just put out something today because nobody knows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Yeah. so that's the difference. But I wouldn't do a deal, though. So why wouldn't you do a deal? Let me ask you that. Uh, I think if you're self-contained and you do a deal. Now, there's always a deal. Everybody everybody got their price. I wouldn't do a deal unless I had some sort of ownership of masters. Because I'm going to come to it with one, right? And I would be more like an NBA deal where I have a free agent, mm-hmm. which they don't do. And that's my problem with record deals. Like I'm, every option is on their part. I mean, once we get technical, you know, their options almost every day. I've never seen a deal or a couple of deals where you're free. Agent. And, and in my case, I'm more like a basketball. I'm even I would say we bring more to the table than a basketball player. Basketball plays a bunch of guys. A basketball player, you, the practice facility they bring, they bring all that stuff, right? We have everything, right? We bring all the stuff to the table. We can essentially bring the, shoot our own videos. Yeah. So, so we should be able to, after three or four years, if you ain't do something for us, we should be able to bounce.
0: Being more marketable, if you do want to pursue the label route, you know, being if somebody like you is a great example. You have video skills, so you can put... Right. Content regularly. That's huge. That helps them with marketing. Like the more you can provide value to them and say, "Hey, this is how I can make you money," and these are all the skills and how I'm well-rounded to benefit you. That's huge. Yeah,
1: and they're not going to sign you. Here's the thing: I know no one unless you're a 16-year-old genius, right? Who's getting signed without some social media, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're so and and we're talking, you know, hundred thousand million people yeah right if i have a hundred thousand million people i'm I'm trying to understand why am i going to you (laughs) exactly you know what i mean like i'm not that greedy i I, i'm fine with my fifty thousand dollars a year you know what i mean because that's where you are right so why am i going to you you're going to me because you want to because you want to floss i mean that's basically what it is yeah but it's a business treat it if you treat it like any other business fine yeah because the beauty of what you're doing here is that you control your way and once you get into the label thing, I've been there. It's a whole different vibe. So for me, it'd have to be the best situation on the planet. Like, I'd have to be like, ooh, I'd have to be somewhere. Of course, everybody has a thing, but I just don't like, like I said, I don't like the fact legally of the yeah. most things. Almost every record deal I've ever seen, all the options are on their part. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Also, the way that they pay you, where you get paid, you know, $100, yeah, $100,000 here. You, you, you have to pay off your $100,000 while they're caking. So yeah. they, could keep, they could make $3 million before you paid off your deal. Like, that's crazy. There's a lot of sketchy deals out there, man. I've heard some major horror Morse stories. Most deals are sketchy. Almost yeah. every deal, 99.9% yeah. of deals are sketchy. I said, anybody listening, get a lawyer. If you. It's not even just get a lawyer. Here's the other thing get a, law- get a lawyer, a music lawyer, and then ask the lawyer. Make sure that the lawyer is not working for the label oh,
0: that's really sketch.
1: <laughs> man, that's a very standard thing really <laughs> oh yeah and it's not just a label you have to be like make sure have you are you working are you currently working with the label or any subsidiary of the label that's pretty wild
0: it happens though man it happens oh uh, it happens yeah but so you know we, so that's so i, I say
1: think, indies indies the way to go it's just gonna you gotta be patient yeah you know and, and that's what that's it cool. is and if it doesn't b- bump off Yeah, for sure. What are what are some
0: actionable steps people can take away listening to this that are wanting to grow, say their online presence, and and being an independent artist that's successful? Like, what are
1: just a couple quick tips you could throw out? Just stay with it. I mean, I know it sounds corny, but just stay with it because I I have a video that has five thousand views. Then I have a video that has sixty thousand views. Then I have a video that has two hundred views. Right? You got. You just got to keep grinding. Mm-hmm. And eventually, if you grind enough, you know, everything that I've seen, it just it just takes time. You just got it's a slow build. That's it. And just make the best content that you can be consistent with your content. Try to reach out to people, you know, with your content and also be honest with your content. Do what you want to do. Don't just sit there and do what. Oh, blah, blah, blah is doing this. So I'm going to do that. You could see the strategies that people use. I, I'm, I'm a fan of watching what people did. You should watch what the successful person does. I think that's important. So watch what's successful. Don't watch what a loser is doing, right? But at the same time, at the same time, do what you, would interest you. People know that my beat design is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, we've got 8,000 subscribers, not tons of people, but it's been growing, you know? And some days, some videos resonate harder. Some videos don't. We'll come in and comment because you'd be surprised. One or two people, it's, it, it's usually... One or two people. I've seen people who started the same way, and they just kept grinding. Some people take longer, but and just cl- also keep your content quality. And then and then the same thing with the records. You know, when you put out a, a record, I mean, our rec- this our, this is our first album, really. You know, I've been involved in tons of work, but this is my first album. And yeah. you know, we did it on our own to get to about forty thousand plays. Right you on. Know? And that's just Spotify. So altogether, I think we're at a hundred thousand if you add up spotify this one one, so and you consistently consistently consistent i mean that's it
0: yeah yeah sure man yeah one quote that you had that i'd like to quote you on and from the the ableton article i've been referencing is you said if i look back at my track and it's not the best that's okay because it's real
1: yeah just make stuff i I mean
0: i love that just just make stuff
1: that's good don't be scared to throw away stuff Put something out. I know too many musicians who say they're musicians, but I've never heard anything they've done, <laughs> or it's, or it's not, or you know. And I see them in events, and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" And they're like, "Hey," and I'm like, "I haven't heard your record." Like, you know what I mean? You know, you you're saying you're making a beat, but how come I haven't heard this beat? And you're just sitting on these tracks for ten million years, or you're yeah. sitting on some vocals for ten years, you know? And and
0: not. There's been tracks I didn't release that I eventually did, and that was people's favorite song of mine
1: yeah i just just put out man. just put out i mean what's the point yeah you know i mean if it's a hobby that's cool it's just for you but if you if if it's not a hobby and it's something that you want to do seriously i need to hear the records you know everybody does because yeah. you don't know what's hot a lot of times that you don't determine that you know the most important person is 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 the the end result is the 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 listener the fan that's the beauty of instagram and youtube like You know, when you have 8,000 listeners or if like for me, you like, I know I can count on 400 people to watch that beat design or 300 people to watch that beat design. Right. Yeah. But like count on them. Right. Like, I know they're going to watch. That is that's who that is your ultimate person. Yeah. Not some guy behind the desk at a label, not Jay-Z.
0: Yeah.
1: Your ultimate person is the regular guy. Oh, so, so you're getting to them when you do that. And that regular guy is the guy who's going to give you the money, not the record company. And many people get when they try to. That's why some people want record deals, because they want the money from them. But that's not who you want money from. You're you're already reaching out to your person on YouTube. That's the guy. He's more important than the, than the, the gatekeeper guy. He yeah. could keep you alive. It's kind of like Dave Chappelle saying, you know, I reached out to my boss. I reached out to you. Don't watch the show.
0: Yeah. 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 It's the audience. That's your real boss. Like you, you love the shit out of them. And the more you love them, they love you back. And in the end of the day, that's what it's about. Right.
1: And that, and that I've always said that, you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. There's, there's, you know, there's, you know, this group of people all together maybe be about a hundred thousand people. I mean, a hundred thousand plays, let's say that's 10,000 people. Right. Or, you know, or, or, or 5,000 people, those 5,000 people are like, Hey, they, they matter. Yeah. Right. More than, you know, anybody. Yeah. No, I love all the people listening right now. Like this one's free. They're, they're, they're everything. The fan is the, the, the so-called fan or whatever, the, or the lover of your music or the lover of your idea. Yeah. Every musician should know that they're your ultimate goal. They matter. Yeah. Don't worry about the gatekeeper, man. They don't matter. The mm-hmm. gatekeeper, the gatekeeper, you can override the gatekeeper with the fan because all the gatekeeper cares about is the fan. That's so real, man. And all and all and us musicians need to know that. Like, yeah, it, it's the fan. It's like it's you got ten guys on uh, who watch your videos on Facebook. You got ten fans, and those ten fans are the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. All the money that these record companies pay is to get to that guy. That super. You just gotta fan. double up. That
0: super fan is what you want. Yeah, that, they tell fan. one other all person. It. That person tells another person. And That's it. And you just. And
1: yeah. yeah. And just and just and, and enjoy the ride on that way.
0: That's right, man. I think that's a great way to wrap this up. I know we've gone way over time, but like, yeah, <laughs> it's been so good hanging with you. I appreciate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was lit. it was lit. it was lit. it was, it
1: was popping. No, it's good. Hanging. I, hope I didn't go too long.
0: No, never, man. I could probably sit here for three hours, but I know we got stuff to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody does. Everybody got lives to, to go yeah. on. I want to thank you guys for, for um, uh, you know, let me chop up and talk. Uh, you know always, ableton man. and tech and nerdy stuff yeah ableton gang gang gang
0: gang, gang. this what's up well hey man it was good hanging with you maybe we'll do it again sometime in the near future and yeah yeah
1: years. yeah if you ever pass And don't forget times. to check out um real quick my yeah. video dream yeah 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 so Dreamers manifesto okay the best place to find me is thomaspipermusic.com and on my instagram which i think is just thomaspiper1 or thomas piper i'm always there Um, And on Bandcamp, Thomas Piper. And on Bandcamp, I have my album, but I also have my beat design. So you can check out my album and a beat design. And then beat design is on my YouTube channel. Just uh, You can type in Thomas Piper, Google Thomas Piper beat design, and you'll you'll find me. And I'm there every Friday, and I'm in the chat at 7.15. So the beat designs are short. They're only like seven minutes long, quick, make a beat out. Right. That's Eastern. Hmm? time. time right yeah eastern time, est yeah Yeah. and um eastern time and um i go on the chat like 7 15 so you could chop it up with me in the chat like 7 15 and then um and at 7 30 we watch the beat design real quick and then we out and go off and go to your virtual parties or whatever uh go to check out my people's soul and the horn stuff like that yeah 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 and that's what we do so and um yeah that's enough plugs
0: yeah dude we'll uh Everybody listening right now, check out the links in the show notes. I'm going to include all the things that our our friend Thomas just said. Also, shout out, congrats on Permission to Live. It's a great album. Um, Thank I you. Love, I love the single Dreamers Manifesto. It's very real in the times we're living in. Uh, appreciate you, man. Let's do this again sometime.
1: Yeah, let's do this again. It was lit.
0: Yo, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Big thanks to Thomas Piper for hanging out. Um, wanted to remind you, if you want to be the first to know when new episodes come out, Join the newsletter. I'll also send you cool updates and stuff and webinars and things that I'm doing. Go to liveproducersonline.com slash newsletter. Also join the Discord group. would love to see you in that community. It's a great way to ask questions, to connect with other Ableton users, grow your skills. And yeah, so go to liveproducersonline.com slash Discord for that. If you want to purchase Ableton Live 11 and you haven't done it yet, definitely do it. Worth it. There's a lot of cool features and updates in there. Um, go to... Liveproducersonline.com slash buyableton. Be happy to hook you up. Save that piggy bank. And yeah, I will see you guys in the next episode. Please leave a great review, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And I will see you next time. Later.